Welcome back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. Father Greg Sackowitz, Mark Teresi, my voice seems to be uh, coming back. Uh, spring and allergies is not the very best. We will continue our program now with Deacon Robert Ryan. His first assignment will be at Saints Joseph and Francis Xavier in Wilmette. And welcome to the program, Deacon Robert Ryan. Thank you very much, Father Greg. How are you? Good, thank you. Before uh, Mark shares this, is mm-hmm. uh, Deacon Robert Ryan is one of the men to be ordained to the priesthood this Saturday, along with his classmates. And But Robert, before you say a word, I'm going to have Mark Teresi share this about you. So, All right. So I received this, and you wrote this. Dear friends of Bunline Seminary, because of you, I've been able to find God's desire for me, my vocation, and zeal for souls. Because of you and your generosity, I've been able to be formed after Christ's heart as his priest, his instrument of mercy, his sacrifice, his love in the world. Because of you, I've been able to answer God's call to serve you, your families, and future generations. Thank you for your prayers, your financial generosity, your faith in our Lord, and in me. Let's become great saints together in Christ's sacred heart, Robert Ryan, Archdiocese of Chicago. Robert, that is beautiful. Oh, oh praise God. <laughs> Very well written. Now, a question we asked uh, Andy in the first mm-hmm. segment was, tell us your story about when you first became interested in priesthood. Yeah, so um, so I grew up in a great Catholic family. Uh, we went to Mass together every Sunday. Uh, and then, unfortunately, when I went off to college, I went to Michigan State University, um, the college life just kind of took over, and I, I stopped going to Mass. I was an advertising major, which um, was pretty self-centered, uh, and, and so through through that, and then also I joined a community service fraternity, I was doing good works, and our meetings would oftentimes be on Sundays and things like that, that church just kind of took the back seat. After graduation, I took a job with a large technology company down in Austin, Texas, and I worked in sales and marketing, and my life really did revolve around money. Uh, you know, being in sales, that's that's the driving mm-hmm. force. And um, believe it or not, even on social media at one point, my religion was listed as the U.S. dollar. I had fallen so far away from the faith. I had stopped praying. I had stopped going to Mass. Um, it became a point of contention in my family. And um, it was just, it, it wasn't part of my life. I just, I lived a very secular life, doing everything that society told me I should do in order to be happy. And yet, in reality, um, there was a lack. There, something was missing. So in the fall of 2012, um, that's kind of when the recession hit the tech industry. My whole department was laid off. Several of us were, were let go. And I moved back to Chicago at the encouragement of my father in December. So my dad just kind of said, Rob, uh, enough is enough. It's time to move back home. And so I moved back to Chicago. And being 28 years old, moving back in with your parents, you know, naturally, we were arguing about everything. But they had a rule in the house that if you live under our roof, you're going to go to church. And so I figured I was arguing with them about everything else. I wasn't going to argue with them about this. Plus, it also meant that I got free brunch afterwards. So <laughs> Not a bad deal. <laughs> so I, I started going to Mass. I, I didn't know if I really even believed any of it. I... I was just kind of going through the motions, and I mean, honestly, I, I was just—I um, even went up for communion, even though I, I now probably shouldn't have. But you know, the Lord in His mercy was working on me. 
um, he was changing me. And about nine months later, my parents were actually out of town, and I found myself still going to Mass, even though they weren't there. Mm. And um, I was, uh, it was a Friday night, I was getting ready to go out with some friends, and all of a sudden I just got the, the worst stomach ache of my life. It wasn't anything physical, it was, um, it was just almost, a, almost just existential almost, where it, it just, I knew something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And um, all of a sudden, it just pops into my head that I need to go to confession. Wow. It had been almost 12 years. And so next day being Saturday, I found a, a parish three towns over, so no one knew who I was, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, just, and just went to a regular walk-in confession time. And I didn't really prepare for it because I was struggling to remember how do I do this and, and everything. And I get in there into the confessional, I get down on my knees, the priest is behind the screen, and um, I'm fumbling through the words of, you know, bless me, Father, if I have sinned, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just took over, and it was just like this laundry list of all these things that I'd done over the, the last 12 years, some that I had forgotten about, others that were really weighing heavy on me, and I was in there for quite a while, like probably close to 30 minutes, hmm. and the first thing the priest says to me when I'm done was, welcome home. Hmm. And I, That's uh, beautiful. I just, I lost it. I started crying. And, uh, and we had a really good conversation and he said the words of absolution over me and I was just different. Everything was different. And all of a sudden it clicked in my mind. Well, if this is real, then that means that the sacraments are real, which means that the Eucharist is real, which means that the church is real, which means that God is real which means that I really need to start changing the way that I'm living my life. And so for about the next year or so, I started really digging into the faith. Um, I'm, I'm working for, for a family business at the time, you know, which gave me a lot of freedom to be able to, you know, read, watch videos, kind of, um, you know, I developed a prayer life. I was going to adoration pretty regularly. Um, I, w- I was working at, at different uh, community service, like food pantries and things like that, just trying to get a grasp on what, what does this all mean. And um, in January of 2015, my mom was actually having surgery. She had her knees replaced. And a friend of hers, her name <laughs> happens to be Mary, mm. um, was working at, at my mom's office to, um, to help out. And she comes up to me and she says, hey, there's, there's this retreat going on at Mundelein. I know you're not thinking about being a priest, but it's called priesthood weekend mm. i think that you should go it would be a good reason for you to get out of the house for the weekend and uh so i thought about it i prayed about it i reached out to the vocation director asked if i could go on this retreat uh he kind of laughed at me and said i don't know anything about you let's have a meeting <laughs> <laughs> so i <clears throat> so i went down in the city met with him and he he told me yeah i think that'd be good for you to come that weekend so even growing up in Antioch, this was my first time ever stepping foot on Mundelein's campus. And um, <laughs> to be pretty blunt, I, uh, I thought that it was going to be full of weirdos. And so <laughs> I was a little nervous about it. But I got there, and guys were normal. They, we were playing basketball. We were eating pizza. We were talking and all this stuff. And I struck up a conversation with a, with a young man who um, also had worked in the corporate world, who experienced many of the same evils as I did in the corporate world. And he said, hey, you're going to have adoration tonight. Just open your heart up to the Lord, see what he says. And so that's exactly what I did. They had just opened the, the JP2 chapel at Mundelein. 
And um, mm-hmm. it was December or January 17th, 2015. The Lord was up on the altar. I had a relic of John Paul II on my right and an image of Arlie at Guadalupe on my left. And I just opened up my heart to the Lord and said, Lord, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. Um, I'm the guy who normally has a plan for everything, and here I am spinning my wheels. What, what do you want me to do with my life? And he said, clear as day is just the most real thing I've ever experienced. He, he said, be my priest. And um, I didn't know what to do, so I laughed out loud. <laughs> and then uh, and after recovering my bearings, I just said, Lord, I didn't, I didn't come here for you to tell me to be a priest. I came here to find out what I was supposed to do with my life. <laughs> and, uh, and there it then, was. And, again, and he said, no, be my priest. So I sat there for a few moments, and um, I said, okay, Lord, um, when I tried to be a man on my own, I crashed and burned hard. So if you want me to do this, then you know what you're getting. You need to fill in those cracks, smooth off the rough edges, and you need to form me into the man that you need me to be so that I can be the priest that you want me to be. And I was just, I was filled with this peace. Um, and eight months later, I stepped on foot, or stepped uh, onto Mundelein's campus as a student. And um, the rest of the rest later, is history. I'm being ordained in two days. <laughs> There's a great prayer that I pray every day, and that is, uh, Lord, what are you asking me this day? And give mm-hmm. me the courage to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and let me tell you a connect. Um, as you're sitting in the JP2 chapel, I was, I was at my line for 15 years. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, we had a dinner, and all of a sudden, two days later, we get a call. Father Barron gets a call, and then he calls me. Gentleman was at the dinner. We were planning on building the chapel. Mm. And he said, I feel a call. I want to pay for the whole thing. Oh, wow. So, so that was $1.3 million. Mm-hmm. Ernie and Marilyn Watt, I'm saying their names. She passed away. He is very mm. dedicated to the seminary. But his whole reason for building that chapel was to accept you there and have oh, you think about that vocation. That was his only desire was to serve folks in their vocation to the priest. And I thought, what a beautiful... That's a great story. What a beautiful connection. Well, it was interesting with your story, Rob, and that is when that lady, woman, Mary, mm-hmm. friend of your mother, suggested go to a weekend retreat at Mundelein to explore the possibility of priesthood, that's not what you were thinking of at that time, mm-hmm. but how God works through other people. Now, you could have told Mary, Mary, thank you, but no thank you. Right. Mm-hmm. But you were open to the Spirit, a change in your life, and really, then the rest is history. And the community calls its priest. Correct. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful story about how the community called you. With that great line mm-hmm. from the Lennon song, life is what happened while I was making other plans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, you have just a, now, as you look toward ordination on Saturday, first of all, what's been your, were you at St. Peter's up in Antioch? I did. So I, I grew up and received most of my sacraments at St. Peter's. And your present deacon assignment has been where? Is uh, St. Teresa in Palatine. And again, as I asked Andy before, what have the people in St. Teresa's taught you? Oh, gosh. I, I mean, first and foremost, they've, <laughs> they've, they've taught me humility, and they've taught me um, to let your people love you. Um, is, uh, I, I can love them as much as I want, but it, it needs to be reciprocal. And um, it's, uh, it's been beautiful to experience with them. You know, they're... You know, I've, I've had the pleasure and the luxury of, of being here for five years. So five of my six years of formation, I've been here. And um, it's uh, I've gotten to, to discover so many things about myself, my, my love of teaching, my, my love of sharing the faith. Um, 
I've been able to to explore preaching with them. I've been able to um, get to know them. You know, one of my favorite things is being at the back of the church at the end of Mass, even even during this time of, of COVID, um, stand in the back and, and just talk to them. Let them share with you what, what's going on in their lives and pray with them. Um, you know, we, we kind of joke around. I'm, I'm oftentimes in the back of the church with people off to the side, just praying with them, mm-hmm. because that's that's what we do. We're, we're a community of faith. And so it's one thing to have someone say, hey, will you pray for me? And saying, yeah, I'll do that. It's another thing to say, well, let's pray right now and and just pray with them. So, um, so, so Robert, here, your background is also advertising marketing. We need, we need that in the church. We need that. Um, your dad welcomed you home. Mm-hmm. Your priest confessor welcomed you home. Mm-hmm. How are you going to welcome people home back to the church? You know that's a that's a good question. I've been praying a lot with you know as we as we start to move into a to a post pandemic world. Is uh, honestly, I, I, one of the things that I want to do at my new parish is to um, spend time with the school, spend time with the families, and just let them know that we're here for them. Mm-hmm. Here here at St. Teresa, while I'm still here for the next couple months, um, I've been able to do that. I've been able to go and and visit families, walk through the neighborhoods. Um, and and see people and just let them know that we're we're here. If I haven't seen someone at mass for a while, reach out to them, check in, see how they're doing, mm-hmm. um, and let them know that that we're we're here, um, that it's safe, and and that we miss them. Um, one of the things that that we've been doing here is um, just making communion available for about thirty minutes after our live stream mass, so that people who don't feel comfortable actually coming to mass can still receive the blessed sacrament. And um, that's been powerful to to watch that. And then, normally, a couple of us are, are standing outside afterwards, um, so that we can catch up with them and talk with them also. You know, the other side of the coin about the greatest hope about being ordained to the priesthood, uh, Rob. What is your greatest fear? Mm. Good but, you know, I, my greatest fear would probably be that I try to run the show and don't let God. <laughs> ah, you know, I like that. Um, I do too. But, That's a great answer. But now Mark no, is all choked up. Yeah, I caught your <laughs> You're choking us up today. But but that's why we that's why we stay close to our Lord. You know, um, we stay faithful to the Mass, faithful to prayer, um, spend time with Him in the Eucharist, and encourage our people to come and and share that time with the Eucharist too. Could, could uh, I ask you? I, I want to make sure that we have enough time for this question because mm-hmm. I think our listeners really would be interested. What is what is your parents' reaction to this whole movement in your life? <laughs> uh, they've been incredibly, incredibly supportive. Um, so were they shocked? I, uh, I mean, I think they saw the change happening mm-hmm. over over time. Um, you know, so it, it took about two years after I moved back home. But my dad was the first person that I told. Um, we uh, after I got back from that retreat, mm-hmm. he and I went to go run some errands, and I. And I, I may get choked up, uh, <laughs> and I, um, I just kind of blurted out, "Dad, I think I'm called to be a priest." And he, he reached over and put his hand on mine and said, uh, "You know, some men are called to be husbands and fathers, and some men are called to be priests." And I think you found your way. Well, what a and, response! Uh, and uh, my mom, of course, just cried. So, <laughs> and she was, she was overjoyed. You know, it's interesting, so, Rob. You talk about when you were um, coming back home, as Mark had mentioned. And your parents said the one ground rule here is you go to church on Sunday as long as mm-hmm. you're under this roof. 
when I was in high school, my freshman, sophomore, junior year, I would battle my mother and say, I'm not going to Mass. Pretty yeah. teenager, rebellious, and uh-huh. I'd be battling back and forth almost every Sunday. And my mother would have enough of me and say, listen up, bud. As long as you live under this roof, you'll go to Mass on Sunday. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and really, my mother staying on me like that fostered mm-hmm. a vocation because my senior year at Notre Dame High School in Niles College Prep, I turned down a scholarship to Northwestern to go to Niles mm-hmm. College Seminary of Loyola. Oh, and, wow. and years later, I thanked my mother and said, Mom, you were so tough on me that I have to go to Mass on Sunday. The mm-hmm. Lord is working through me. In spite of me. Was Bud her pet, her pet name for you? <laughs> Just when she was angry in those moments when I go to Mass on Sunday. But we need to bring the segment to a close. I want to thank in a very special way Deacon Robert Ryan, whose first assignment will be at Saints Joseph and Francis Xavier in Wilmette. And Deacon Robert Ryan will be ordained to the priesthood along with his classmates this Saturday at the Cathedral at 10 a.m. Rob, God bless you. This yes, has been a God great bless. interview. And our prayers with you, and I'll see you Saturday morning at the Cathedral. You are listening to uh, Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., 312-255-8408. Stay with us. We'll be back after these messages.